1: child was to be named Jesus. This is equivalent, the Greek equivalent to the Hebrew name Joshua or Yeshua. And it means Jehovah saves. Jesus would save his people from their sins. Now only here in the New Testament is the meaning of his name given. Welcome to another uh, special
2: Christmas edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. He's uh, going to share with us his thoughts about why Christmas should be merry, M-E-R-R-Y. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday. So glad you've uh, tuned us in. We'd appreciate knowing that you're a regular listener. You can share that fact with us when you go to our website at studyversebyverse.com. That's Study Verse by Verse. Com. Pastor Layton is going to take us uh, over the next several days through some very familiar verses in the first chapter of Matthew.
1: The Bible is the Word of God, and it is remarkably succinct in narrative, condensing truth into powerful words and phrases. It's 66 books written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by over 40 different authors spanning some 1,500 years and written on multiple continents, and yet it ties together to describe for us the marvelous plan of God for the salvation of mankind. In it, we find a description of the beauty and perfection of what God originally created and the reason why creation no longer reflects that perfection and beauty. You see, long before there were ten commandments, there was one commandment, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day that you do, you will surely die, God warned in Genesis 2.17. So even though mankind was not hungry, we had plenty of other trees to eat from, and, and they were the finest produce in the history of the world. It was long before pesticides and genetic reengineering. Yet the man and the woman chose to eat the forbidden fruit, and that very day sin And its byproducts of disease, violence, and death were introduced into creation. Sin has produced violence between nations and brothers. It has produced corrupt governments and dysfunctional families. The very first family was so dysfunctional that Cain killed Abel over a religious difference. And throughout history and to this day, killing continues to be committed in the name of religion or for any, just about any other excuse. Now, God warned mankind what would happen if mankind chose to sin and things have turned out just as God said that they would. And God could have left mankind in their desperate situation, but because God is so rich in mercy, He provided a way of salvation, a way out of the clutches of sin and death. In His Word, the Bible God describes how he would provide salvation through a Savior. And he gave us signs as to how we would identify this Savior when he came. And those signs were often explicit, detailed, and centuries before their fulfillment, so that we would know that the signs were from God, because only God can know the future, and that Jesus alone was the fulfillment of those signs. And so that there might be no confusion of how special the birth of Jesus was. God sent an angel to make it clear. We're in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When His mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name, Jesus. This passage is packed full of insight. Now, Matthew was a businessman. He was a tax collector, and he has a very businesslike approach. And he says, now I'm going to tell you about the story of Jesus' birth. Now, we find a word in there, betrothed, which needs a little explanation. You see, a betrothal... It meant something more binding than what we consider an engagement. And among the Jews, it required a formal divorce to break a betrothal. And that's why here you find Joseph described as the husband and Mary the wife, even though they had not yet come together as husband and wife. And that's made clear in verse 18, where it says, before they came together. So the term husband and wife should not be interpreted by our modern Western definition. Now, the expression, she was found with child, in verse 18, suggests the surprise with which Joseph made the discovery. We are not told exactly when that took place, but it probably took place after Mary returned from a three-month visit with her relative, Elizabeth. She went away, she spent three months with Elizabeth, she came back, and there was a difference. Now, it's evident that Mary had not disclosed to Joseph the announcement the angel made to her, as described in Luke chapter 1, and we can understand why she would be reticent to do so. She is now with child, and, and uh, most of us would assume that it was a result of some natural discourse, and, and so she, uh, she didn't know how to explain it to him, probably, and she said, You know, God, you told me you're going to have to tell him, and God did. Let God do it. It must have been a very jarring experience for Joseph. Now, Joseph here is described as a just man. And we hear that word, we oftentimes think that uh, justice consists of rendering to every man what is deserved. But this is obviously not what is intended here because we find in Joseph that the meaning was being kind and tender and merciful. So to be truly just in a biblical sense includes tempering justice with mercy. He was so attached to Mary that he was not willing that she should be publicly exposed to shame, and so he therefore secretly sought to dissolve the connection and restore her to her friends without the punishment that was common for situations in adultery and that's the reference to make her a public example. You see, adultery has always been considered to be a heinous crime. In Egypt, it was punished by cutting off the nose of the adulteress. In Persia, both the nose and the ears were cut off. In Judea, the punishment was death by stoning, and that punishment was also inflicted upon a person who was betrothed. So Joseph had three options before him. He could choose to make her an example, and this would have been the probable outcome. He could have chosen to marry her, in which case he would have been inferring that he was indeed the father of the child within her. Or he could put her away privily. Now, in a customary, it is customary in a bill of divorce to specify the cause for which the divorce was made, but because Joseph chose to put her away privily, he chose to not specify a cause, therefore protect her from being made a public example. And that's what the meaning privily uh, carries. Now, notice that Joseph thought on these things. He didn't act hastily. Joseph was logical and that he was also spiritual. He was a thinker. But when he was asleep, he became a dreamer. Now, most men are logical. However, some are overly spiritual. But here is Joseph with a beautiful balance of both. He's a tremendous example of being both moral, yet merciful, and logical, and yet spiritual. So just as the angel appeared to Mary... To make the announcement, so now the angel appeared unto Joseph in a dream and addressed Joseph as the son of David. And this is the basis on which the title could be conferred to Jesus. As Joseph's adopted son, Jesus was also then the son of David, thus conferring his legal descent from King David through Joseph. And humanly speaking, Jesus' claimed to the Davidic throne depended upon the willingness of Joseph, who was the legal heir, to adopt him as his very own son. Now the angel assured Joseph that he did not have to divorce Mary. He should take her as his wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And I think it was necessary for Joseph to receive this divine disclosure because he was chosen to raise a very special son. The child was to be named Jesus. This is equivalent, the Greek equivalent to the Hebrew name Joshua or Yeshua. And it means Jehovah saves. Jesus would save his people from their sins. Only here in the New Testament is the meaning of his name given. Now, we call Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. Christ is not a human name. It's an official name or an official title. Christos is the Greek form, and it means anointed. And in the Old Testament, there were only three groups of people who were anointed. They were prophets, priests, and kings. And we find that Jesus was prophet, priest, and king. He was the prophet who came to declare the word, Deuteronomy 18. He is our faithful high priest, Hebrews chapter 2. And he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, Revelation 17.
2: If you want to read ahead, just finish up the first chapter of the book of Matthew. Pastor Layton will be back to pick things up right about where we've left off today and uh, take us on through that uh, chapter. We'll wrap things up on Friday's edition of Study Verse by Verse, an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. There are a, a number of services, special services coming up, Christmas Eve, of course, and on Christmas Day. You can find those details on the church's website. Please remember, this is a non outreach, and um, we appreciate your encouragement, whether that's prayer support or just letting us know that you uh, tune us in, or that you share the fact we're on the air with your friends, or perhaps you can fit us into your budget and uh, help support this work. Again, the website for that is studyversebyverse.com. Have a great rest of your day, and join us tomorrow at this same time when we'll open the Word of God to the book of Matthew once more, and study verse by verse